Good evening to you all and welcome to the Salvation Meeting here on Fortress Radio. Well, it's just about my favourite time of year again. That time when the trees just begin to show their tiny green buds ready to burst into new life and all that wonderful blossom starts to appear on the trees in our cities and towns. White, yellow, pink and deep red. It's a time I've always loved, and it's one that I use to thank the Lord for another year of life, both for the trees and for me, since they last shared their beauty with us. Of course, it's also a reminder of those who are not here for one more year with us, but who have marched into the glory land since last those blossoms appeared. It may be sad for us, but a truly wonderful promotion to glory for them. So far in 2022, I seem to have said farewell to a lot of Salvationist friends. Soldiers, loyal bandsmen and songsters, local officers, including at least one of my former YPSMs, and officers, including Majors Paul Johnson, and Neville Andrews, who was my wife's uncle, Commissioner Harry Reid, and most recently... General John Larson. While there will undoubtedly be many tributes paid to the General by others more qualified than me, I would like to pay my own personal tribute to a man who was something of a hero to me. He was my National Youth Secretary, a high-ranking officer and, latterly, a personal friend. So all the music in this meeting is composed by John Larson, although I've tried to use as little from his musicals as I can. I'm leaving them for future going to the army specials, as I had already planned to do. So, what better song to start tonight's meeting than number 954, God's Soldier Marches Us to War, co-written many years ago with Commissioner Harry Reid, who I've also already mentioned this evening. We're going to fill the world with glory.
As we pray together now, let's turn to a lovely chorus, one of several that John composed for the Happiness and Harmony book a few years ago now. It's number 793 in the songbook, and these words from Philippians chapter 4 have never been more pertinent than they are in our world right now. For so many are worried, so many are anxious, so many people are desperate for peace, for love for comfort from whatever troubles they face right now. Well, take this advice. Make your requests known to God in prayer, and the peace that is beyond all understanding will keep guard over your thoughts and hearts. Amen. And Lord, we do thank you tonight for that peace. That peace of mind, peace of heart and peace of soul, which only come from loving you and knowing you and being aware of our sins forgiven, so that no matter what the enemy throw at us, we know we have a safe and secure stronghold in you. We pray, Lord, for this world which stands in great turmoil at the moment. A world that is only just recovering from several years of this virus that spread all around the world. And now, as we come out of the other side of that, we see war taking place on this earth once again. Man's inhumanity to man showing its ugly face once more. Greed and hatred ruining lives and ruining places, ruining cities and buildings that were once glorious, enjoyable, and for so many people, home. And so, Lord, we ask you to come into this world in a very, very special way. And we pray for all those who do have anxieties, for all those people who are worried, for all those people who, perhaps homeless right now, are desperate for peace, peace of mind, peace of heart, peace and soul. Help us to help them and help us to let them know that you are our refuge and strength in times of darkness. And give them that peace of heart. 
give this world your peace. And come visit each of us right now, Lord. Surround us with your loving arms. And always keep us in your presence. Amen. In addition to the many songs from the musicals, and of course many of those we're very familiar with, John Larson wrote lots of songs for songster brigades and for singing companies. Now, you know I love the ministry of the singing company, and so we're going to receive a double blessing from them this evening. Firstly, a song that I sang from my youngest days in the army, including at a Wembley Congress in 1972, A Miracle of Grace. That's a song that's now in the songbook, if you'd like to join in. It's number 857, and that'll be sung for us by the Box Hill Singing Company from Australia. The words of Miracle of Grace are just one example of the many in which the words were written by General Larson's own mother, Flora Larson. And after that, we're going to hear the Sunbury Junior Singers sing another great favourite. It's new.
class and only scored a small few pieces for Salvation Army bands to play. Perhaps the most well-known of those is the march that's based on that last singing company piece. But of course, many other composers have taken his music and set it in a vast number of marches, suites and selections. Such a piece is Music Maker, and that's a suite of four songs, Triumphant Jesus, Sing and Make Music, Knowing My Failings, and his bright setting of joy in the Salvation Army. And it was arranged by Peter Graham. We're going to hear a great performance of Music Maker now by the Enfield Citadel Band.
Being a well-known and avid collector of Salvation Army music and books, I'm always pleased when people send me things that I didn't have in my collection before. Just such a thing happened early last year, and I received through the post a CD of songs that had been recorded by a group of cadets from the training college back in 1966, entitled The Defenders of the Faith Male Voice Party. The sound quality was not very good, but I don't usually let that stop me from trying to get it sound as good as I can. When one song of John Larson's came to my mind for this meeting, it turned out that the only recording I had in my collection, apart from the one of the general playing it himself on the piano, was by that very male voice party, of which, by the way, I seem to know quite a few. Well, I'll let them introduce themselves tonight before we hear Give God a Chance, sung, as I said, in 1966, but it didn't go on to be published for songsters for another 11 years. Give God a Chance. We hope that you will enjoy this recording of songs which was made by the Defenders of the Faith Male Voice Party. We were formed for our summer tour to the Hull and Links Division and we have certainly enjoyed recording them. Now here, let me introduce the members of the party. I'll ask them each to introduce themselves, in fact. Alan Bateman from Hendon, North London. Alec Hughes from Paisley. Peter Sinclair from Clerical. Bill Ball from Weaver, Scott. Bill Metcalf from Germany. Sir from Aberdeen. Norman Hale from Cheshire. Alan Wizard from Cuttlefoot, Jim Langley from Patton Congress Hall, and John Larson from Sweden. Thank you. 
Another two beautiful songs that were written for Songster Brigades are The Living Waters and You're Not Alone. The first of these, using old Salvation Army words by James Bateman, was published in 1980. The words again are number 888 in the songbook. While the second was published rather earlier, back in 1966, with words by Leo Ward. Now, I remember singing that one from Gems 7. That's the green one. And I remember it being a favourite of Heckmandwijk songsters when my mum and dad were the officers there in the early 1970s. So let's hear those two songs right now. The Living Waters and You're Not Alone.
We're going to hear now from General Larson himself in a recording from an Australian Congress. And this will include several Bible readings and references, as you hear. What electricity there is here in the meeting this morning. I tell you, there was electricity in the synagogue in Nazareth when Jesus returned from the Jordan. Word had spread that something had happened to him. The Holy Spirit had come upon him in a new way. And now he was coming home. And he was sure to go to the synagogue on the Sabbath. Perhaps he would tell them what had happened to him. And when he arrived, he called for the scroll of the book of Isaiah. And he turned to chapter 61. And he gave his testimony in the words that he read. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. He closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, and the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fixed on him. And then he began to say to them, Today, in your hearing, this scripture is fulfilled. At this Congress, we're giving a great emphasis, rightly so, to the word cause. It's a strong word. We admire people who take up causes, who live for ideals that they're prepared to give their lives to. And Jesus made Isaiah 61 his own cause. He said that he had been anointed by the Holy Spirit for a purpose, namely, to accomplish a cause. He hadn't been anointed by the Spirit for his own edification or for his own enjoyment, not even for his own reassurance. He had been anointed in order to accomplish a cause. He had been anointed, he said, to preach good news to the poor. He had been sent to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. He had been anointed and sent to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And during the ministry that he had for three years, it was 24-7. He gave himself totally to the cause for which he had been anointed by the Spirit. Now roll the clock on three years. Jesus has died, risen again, and ascended into heaven. And the day of Pentecost is about to dawn. And that which was prophesied by the prophets is about to come true. Namely, that what had happened to one man, that the Holy Spirit had entered fully into one man, now the Holy Spirit was going to enter into the heart of every believer. And on the day of Pentecost it happens. The miracle happens. First 120, and then over 3,000 people are anointed with the Spirit of God. And why? 
not for their own edification, not for their own enjoyment, not for their own reassurance. They are anointed by the Spirit in order to accomplish a cause. And the Christian church takes on the cause for which Jesus gave his life and died on the cross. Because we as a church are called to continue the work of Jesus Christ. Now I know it didn't happen literally in the way I'm going to describe it. But I can just picture those 3,000 and more Christians standing somewhere in Jerusalem on a wide, big, open plaza there in the town of Jerusalem and reciting together with a loud voice, The Spirit of the Lord has come upon us because He has anointed us to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent us to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. He has sent us to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now roll the clock on 2,000 years. Call at that church in the inner city. Visit that local Salvation Army Corps. The same drama is being enacted. The miracle still happens. The Spirit of God comes upon those who put their faith in the Lord Jesus. And they are anointed by the Holy Spirit. And like Jesus himself, we are anointed for a purpose. We are anointed by the Holy Spirit in order to accomplish a cause. It's not, let me say it again, to make us feel better inside or to have a wonderful emotional experience. The words of Isaiah are the cause that are given to us because we in this day and age have to live out those words. We, like Jesus, are anointed to preach the good news to the poor. Now, I believe that the Salvation Army has a special mission to take those words literally. The Salvation Army was raised up by God, particularly, specially to help those disadvantaged in society. And we praise God for all that we've seen and heard about that is happening here in Australia. But we are also to proclaim the good news to those who are poor in spirit. And you don't have to go very far, even in the most gracious suburb, to find those who are poor in spirit. That we are anointed to bring to those who are poor and those who are poor in spirit the good news that God is for us. God is not against us. God's love is so overarching that it reaches to the heart of everyone. God is for us, not against us. And yet, there are people, even those brought up in the Christian faith, who seem to suffer from some kind of inferiority complex, spiritual inferiority complex. They say, well, God may be for us, but I've let him down so badly. How can he be for me? He surely is against me. But the wonderful news that we are called to proclaim is that God accepts us 
as we are. God loves us so much that just as we are, we are accepted by Him. And we are called to proclaim that news. Accepted for ourselves and then to proclaim the good news. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news. And that's you, my friend. And that's me. Because we have been anointed by the Spirit to bring the good news. We, like Jesus, have been anointed to heal the brokenhearted. I think that's one of the most beautiful sentences in the whole Bible. He has sent me to heal the broken heart. But the commission comes on us. This is our cause. To heal the broken hearted. And every core is surrounded by thousands of people who deep down are broken hearted. They have deep personal sorrows, loss of loved ones, breakdown of health, fading powers, loneliness. They have deep disappointments with life that can hardly be put into words. And we have been anointed by God the Holy Spirit to bring a message of hope to the brokenhearted. We cannot miraculously remove all the causes for all their brokenheartedness. But we can tell them of the one who stands with them in their sorrow and who will heal their broken heart. I hope that when people come to our core on a Sunday morning, they hear the words of Jesus, Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And I pray that in our sharing of the good news, that they hear the note of hope. I trust that we tell them that nothing can separate them from the love of Christ. Not trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword. And that we tell them that amidst the greatest adversity, they can be more than conquerors through him who loved them. We can't let them down. We have been anointed by the Spirit to heal the brokenhearted. And we, like Jesus, have been anointed in order to proclaim freedom to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. We have been anointed by the Spirit of God to proclaim the good news that God wants to change circumstances and to change lives. The Christian gospel is the most powerful force for change there is. Things need not stay as they are. The captives can be set free. The blind can be made to see. The oppressed can be released. And we believe that this is true in both the literal sense and in the spiritual sense. God wants those that are captives by bad circumstances in their lives to be set free. But God also wants us to be set free within from all that holds us back from being what God truly wants us to be. God wants the blind to see. He's concerned about our physical health. We know that from Jesus. 
But God also wants those who are blinded by prejudice and hatred to be made whole. God wants those that are oppressed by evil political systems and economic injustice to be released. But God also wants those who are oppressed by inner fears, their own inadequacies, their low self-esteem to be released. And friends, we have been called to be the ones who will proclaim the good news that life doesn't need to stay as it is. In God's power, circumstances and lives can be transformed. And we, like Jesus, have been anointed to proclaim that this, this is the acceptable year of the Lord. The year of the Lord's favor. Now that's a reference to the year of Jubilee in the Old Testament, which used to happen every 50 years. When the jubilee silver trumpet sounded, all slaves were set free in that year, and all wrongs had to be righted every 50th year. But Jesus proclaims that with his arrival, every year is a year of jubilee. The kingdom of God is at hand, he said. Now is the acceptable year of the Lord. Now is the time of salvation. And we have been anointed in order to proclaim that now is the acceptable year when God's kingdom is here and his power is released. Now is the time when wrongs can be righted. Now is the time for change and miracles to occur. Now is the time when men should beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Now, now is the acceptable year when men and women should do justly and love mercy and walk humbly with their God. Yes, and not only regarding the present, in this acceptable year of the Lord, we have been called to look to the future and proclaim that one day, one day all the glorious promises in the Bible will be literally fulfilled here on earth. And we have been anointed to proclaim that every valley shall be exalted and every mountain shall be made low. The rough places will be made plain and the crooked places straight. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. Friends, we have been anointed to proclaim that there will come a day when every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And everywhere men and, min men and women will cry out, the kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord and he shall reign forever and ever. Friends, what a great trust has been given to us because the cause that was given to Jesus is our cause. And it depends on us in this day and generation. This is God's moment before you, Christ bleeds. His blood shed on Calvary for you. His grace is sufficient to meet all your needs.
thanks to the King's Singers there for that beautiful recording of John and Flora Larson's God's Moment. Is this God's moment for you to finally turn to him? Or have you been a faithful follower for many years? I just don't know from week to week who is listening to this meeting, but I pray tonight that you will accept God's gift beyond words and take Jesus in your hearts to everyone you meet from day to day in your lives. He has work for all of us to do, and if you can sing with me the words of song number 649, I'll not turn back, then I know that God will use both you and me to let the world know of his love, his comfort, and strength. Listen then to my friends Julian Bright and Derek Kane as they play that wonderful song for us as a duet this evening. I'll not turn back.
And Lord, tonight we thank you for the gifts and the talents that you give to your servants. In particular tonight, the musical gifts, the speaking gifts, the inspirational gifts that you've given to so many composers, poets and preachers in our Salvation Army. We pray for continued gifts of such talents to a future generation so that we may continue to praise you in all that we do, both in our own lives and as a Salvation Army. Amen. Good night and God bless you all. Thank you.